Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Yeah, she'll be right. I'm sure you've heard that classic Kiwi saying before. It's how young Kiwis justify stepping outside of their comfort zones. It's a kind of reassurance, regardless of how much risk is actually involved. In 2020, pretty much everyone in New Zealand had to say those three words, she'll be right. But I think Meg's story about how she had to say she'll be right is one of the more interesting ones. My name's Mitchell, a student at the New Zealand Broadcasting School, and Meg's a friend of mine from high school. When we left school, we had different plans. Uni wasn't on the cards for me straight away. I know someone over in Italy that works on the cruise ships. She thought she could get us a job in, in one of those and we're going to go work while I was over there. But <laughs> things didn't really turn out that way in the end. In fact, it actually turned out to be a nationwide lockdown. So instead of coffees on cruise ships, it was face masks and New World for Meg. On the 23rd of March, Jacinda announced we would soon be moving to level four lockdown. Meg recalls the moment. I was at work in the break room and there was about four times the amount of people in there that there usually was watching the TV and then we found out and everyone went nuts. Yeah, and my heart just fell when I heard about that. We all remember what lockdown was like, so we can skip past that. But it was when life was starting to get back to normal in New Zealand that Meg started to think about travelling again. I was watching a rugby game one day and my travel agent was there and mum asked, she was like, is there actually any possible way that Meg can still go? And she's like, yeah, of course there is. You just got to book a ticket. It might get cancelled, but we'll just book another one. And that was all it took. Meg decided that COVID was not going to get in her way. She had a friend living overseas, her name's Grace, and Meg was keen to do some travel with her, and they both decided they were going to make it happen. Travel restrictions? Ah, she'll be right. Deadly diseases? she'll be right. However, this attitude was not one shared by many of Meg's closest friends. As you can imagine, quite a few people were a bit iffy about me going, just because of like, the risks and everything. A lot of my friends, I don't want to say they weren't supportive, but they just were scared for me. Now, I had to laugh to myself when talking to Meg about this, because I distinctly remember thinking that Meg was crazy when I heard she was going to travel. I thought she was dead meat, but clearly I wasn't the only one who thought that. Now, I talked to Tegan, Meg's cousin and closest friend. Yeah, it was really shocking and I just thought she was crazy. I tried to be as positive as possible for her, but still trying to keep her realistic of the fact that she could get coronavirus. In the end, it wouldn't matter what Tegan thought because it was Meg's decision. But Meg, like most young adults, likes to think of herself as an independent person. But it always feels nicer when you can at least get mum's approval. When I asked Meg's mum, Debbie, what she thought, all she had to say was, I'll go for it, go for it. Yep, most definitely. I, I missed out on my opportunity to go, so I was, yeah, overwhelmed for it. Actually, it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. But was Debbie actually that convinced? Sometimes I wonder whether that was a good thing or not, but actually I just could see the opportunity that she would have. And, oh, look, I don't know, it does, it sounds a little bit irresponsible, I guess, but they were going to hire a van. She was going to be with one of my best friend's daughters, so it's not like she was going all by herself. And having their own transport where they would also sleep in, you know, with the wee van that they were going to stay in. I just felt that they were going to be as safe as they could be. Okay, so 
It was early August now, a little over three months since we came out of level four lockdown. Meg was ready to get on with the adventure. I mean, talk about going hard and going early. Now, the reality of international travel in 2020 was thrown right in Meg's face the second she stepped foot in the Christchurch airport. It was just empty. The people that were on my flight, which was not many, I had a seat by myself in a row of three. I'm in the airport, probably saw about 50 to 100 people. But do you think coronavirus was on Meg's mind at this point? No, not at all. I don't know. I just, I wasn't thinking about it then. It was at this point talking to Meg that I began to realise just how much of a she'll be right attitude she'd developed. Because of travel restrictions, Meg had to stop over in a few countries. Now this was very stressful for Meg. Frankfurt one definitely was because I had no idea where I was and like I had half an hour to get to my next plane. Um, the Doha one... Stressful, yes, but apparently not because of COVID. She just didn't know where she was going. In fact, when talking about the airports, she didn't mention COVID once. Was she crazy, courageous or willfully oblivious? Meg just kind of parked the idea of COVID as an afterthought and she landed in France. This is where she met up with Grace and they immediately set off to Italy. Now, what do you give the girl travelling Europe during a global pandemic? The answer turned out to be an old, unreliable van prone to breakdowns and oil leaks. We had duct tape holding pretty much every part of it together. Oh God, it was just a mission to try and drive that thing. And that mission turned out to be Mission Impossible. We were in Naples and we parked the van on a hill for a couple of days. And when we came back, all of the oil had leaked out of it. <laughs> and it was a public holiday in Italy. So all of the shops were shut. Now Meg will be the first to admit she's no mechanic. And the van was starting to let them down. Which, in a continent in the middle of a deadly pandemic, can be a bit of a problem. I think we were just going to run it until it was dead, pretty much. We had backup plans if it did happen, but they were never going to be as good as actually just having the van because we'd have to catch trains and public transport and then obviously with COVID and our big backpacks, then it would just be way more difficult. Okay, hold up. Did you just hear Meg minimising COVID, a deadly global pandemic to the same stress level as having to carry a heavy backpack? Well, here it is again. Obviously with COVID and our big backpacks. Meg was saying she'll be right to anything remotely related to COVID. And she says that's just how people were dealing with it over there. When we were over there, lots of people just brushed past the fact that COVID was actually happening and they all tried to, um, they were like wearing masks and keeping distance and everything. But it was just something that you had to live with at the time. Meg showed me videos of her walking busy streets. Now, I'm going to try paint a bit of a picture here for you. There are people everywhere, young and old. There are some masks visible, but most are without. People pass by Meg's camera within an arm's reach. COVID is nothing but an afterthought to them. A simple inconvenience, like the weather. The van never totally broke down. And they managed to keep it held together for the whole time. Meg and her travelling companions got to see and explore some of the best places Europe had to offer. Minus the massive crowds of tourists usually hanging around. Meg had met some great friends as well. One of those was Freddie, another girl she was travelling with. On their way into Germany to see Freddie's family, reality was about to hit. Hard. Uh, yes, so we were on our way into Germany. There was three of us in the van for most of the time. And Grace started to get a little bit of a cold. It wasn't much, but obviously because of corona we were like, oh no. The group weren't going to be able to chill be right their way out of this one. Oh my god. It was just so stressful thinking, what were we going to do? Like, we couldn't live in a van for two weeks while the corona passed through us. The group had to think of alternatives. 
We had a few other friends there, but not really many people that we could be like, hey, I have corona, I need to come and stay at your house. The stress and panic amongst the group was massive. They needed to get tested. We had a test on the way into Germany, and they just took our details, and then we got our results a couple days later. And the news was good. Fortunately, their results came back negative. It was a massive sigh of relief. Now, this of course made Meg a lot more conscious of the fact she was at risk to COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, it kind of hit then a little bit that yes, we needed to be more careful, but we were doing as much as we could to stay safe and keep other people safe from us as well if we had it. So I think again, it was just that she'll be right. Whatever happens, happens. Meg wanted to continue the adventure for as long as possible. There were still things to do, places to see, but COVID just didn't seem to care. It was October and Meg was in Poland when she realised just how difficult things were going to start to become for her. So I really, really wanted to go to Ireland. It was probably the top one on my list to go to. We'd booked tickets and then the next day we found out that they'd just gone into another level or something. So we had to decide the day before we left for Ireland that we weren't actually going, which was devastating. I was yeah, really heartbroken about that. Cases in Europe were rising again and time was running out for Meg. She'd been overseas for three months at this point. Meg, Grace and Freddie needed a game plan. We actually wrote in a book, um, plan A, B and C, and then kind of just winged it and mixed two of them together. But we were in Poland and then we went back to Germany just to say goodbye to everyone. And then we went up to Sweden to see another one of Grace's friends. Travelling all that way was going to be no easy task and changes would have to be made on the fly. Here's a text sent by Meg to her mother Debbie. Hey, uh, just thought I'd keep you updated. We're currently in Hamburg, not sure we're going to Sweden anymore. Thinking maybe of heading to Cologne and then heading to the Netherlands, but we'll see. Things are starting to get a tad tricky with Corona and things and places are shutting down again. Just a tad confused on what to do next, but we'll figure it out. It was clear to Meg that she was starting to reach the end of her grand OE. They were in the Netherlands when the country got put into a lockdown. A decision needed to be made. We had been talking about leaving for quite a while. Personally, I wanted to be home for Christmas. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't in quarantine during Christmas because that would have just been horrible. So Meg decided a Christmas at home with family was more important to her than continuing the adventure. But this meant the beginning of an uncertain journey home. This is a voice message she sent to her mum, Debbie, while she was over there. Hey, um, I just thought I'd let you know what we're doing. We think we've decided that we're going to come home three weeks early. We don't really have anywhere else we can go for the other three weeks that we're meant to be here. So we're going to see if we can get back to Italy and we haven't talked to the travel agent or done any of the quarantine yet. We're just trying to see what date we're going to end up back at Italy and what day we want to leave. But yeah, I just thought I'd let you know that we'll be home early and that I will keep in contact with you regarding the flights and everything. It was November now, nearly four months since she left New Zealand and seven months since New Zealand had been in level four lockdown. It was time to come home. We had to get a train from the Netherlands to Austria and the whole train ride we were freaking out. We are like, are we going to get stopped at the border? Are they not going to let us in? Because we've come from a place which is quite bad at that time. And then we get to Austria and it was fine and then we have to get a train from Austria to Italy because our flights are out of Italy. So that train ride was hell as well. Just thinking, oh my God, Italy's super strict because they got really bad in the very beginning. Meg eventually made it to the airport and was ready to board her flight home. But she had a feeling she was still missing out on so much. So it was quite disappointing, but we'd be home for Christmas. So as much as it was disappointing we didn't get to do some things, I think we were super lucky that we got to do what we did. So, Meg did it. 
she actually did turn out to be all right. And after the adventure of a lifetime followed... The worst two weeks of my life. (laughs) She's talking about her stay in MIQ whilst back in New Zealand. She said it involved a lot of Netflix and doing nothing. Something I know I can relate to over lockdown. But Meg didn't actually feel at home until she was able to leave MIQ. My best friend was there to pick me up and I just burst into tears because I hadn't actually been at home. It was a little bit of a different feeling. Yeah, my mum was there as well and it was just, I was just happy to finally be home. So Meg finally made it home. But adjusting back to life in New Zealand, it took a while for me. It was really strange. The first time I went to a club, there were so many people and everyone was standing so close. I'm like, oh my God, just step away from me. You can't be this close. Well, you get used to it pretty fast. It just is normal. But for the first few weeks, I would take my face mask with me everywhere and I would just go to pull it out every time I went to walk into like a supermarket or a shop. It's just habit. I don't think it quite dawned on Meg just how much personal growth she had gone through on her journey. But whilst talking to her mother, Debbie, it was clear she had noticed the difference. The self-confidence when she got back was massive. Before she would question what she was doing, when she came back, it was like, right, this is what's happening. I'm doing that and I'm doing that. There was no second guesses because she had to make those decisions while she was away. You know, there was nobody there to to give her the, I don't know, the push to say, yep, go for it. I, I think for the better, actually, she's come back a different kid, but a better kid. The experience of an OE can be quite a life-changing one under normal circumstances. Circumstances. Meg had completed hers during a global pandemic. Was she crazy? Would she have been better waiting for things to return to normal? Maybe she was even being selfish. Travel was and still is simply just not an option for so many people. So why should she be able to? Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely lucky. Um, it was a huge privilege to be able to travel and I'm just super grateful I had the opportunity to. It was something that I had worked hard for for such a long time and when I saw I had the opportunity, I just had to take it. And Meg couldn't recommend it enough. I think that if you really want to do it, then go for it. Like for me, I had perfect timing, everything just all seemed to work out. But as soon as you can, if that's what you're wanting to do, go for it or you'll regret it. So overseas travel is still possible. There is still a world beyond our shores. And with the right precautions and confidence, she'll be right. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That's the biggest thing you can do to help people find this show. Make sure it's a five-star rating, no way. You could also tell a friend about us or post a link to the series on social media. That helps a whole lot as well. You can find the rest of the Generation COVID series on the RNZ website, as well as heaps of other podcasts too. I personally love the Eyewitness podcast on RNZ. And if you're a bit of a history buff like myself, you'll love it too. This podcast is produced and presented by me, Mitchell Farr. Justin Gregory is the series producer and Tim Watkin is the executive producer for podcasts and series. Thank you very much to Meg for allowing me to tell her story and also a huge thank you to Debbie and Tegan for their contributions. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.